0: Good afternoon, it is wonderful to see you, or good morning, good evening, it depends on when you're watching this and from where you are watching this. It is great to be here with you all again for our monthly uh, interaction, interview, or conversation with uh, exciting people. For you who do not know me, I'm Johan Alexander-Schon. I am Swedish, but I am based in why well, I'm harping in England, and my companion today is wherever she is on your screen.
1: <laughs> it's it's Paulson from Denmark.
0: Come on, come on. It's fine. Yeah. Yes, and for you who are new to the ELLC, our European European Leaders Learning Community, um, we are about right now a thousand a thousand plus members, but we obviously we want to grow and we want to make available all the wonderful resources we have. Uh, for all you uh, YWAMers out there. So please share and like this stream and follow us on Facebook and go to our website where we have a lot of great uh, resources that we want to add to and grow and be a help to the family of God. Anyway, so it's again really good to have you here. Tova. you have a couple of things for us before we start. Great. And right now, this month,
1: we have a focus on faith and work, um, and we've had some really good articles already. Um, there's an article by Mark Stewart. Um, he is American, but living in Denmark. And he's talking about his transition from WIRM into a workspace and, and how he actually struggled, saying that, uh, wow, I thought, you know, the only really important work you can do that is with missions. and outreach and so on. So he really struggles to start with, and then how he has moved to a place of really teaching on faith and work and and loving it. Um, so he, that transition is what that is about. And then uh, Valeska from Brazil, she's uh, she has another article on thinking about vocation, where she goes into some of the theology and uh, just a great article. She has a follow-up article you can follow in there as well. Then we had two amazing LDXs like a short 10 minute talks, 12 minutes, I think we ended up on. And Naomi Pons, uh, who is uh, in France, she had a a really a wonderful one on the essence of work, where she is uh, sharing about her experience, how she's come to understand what work really is about. And she visualized it as a three-legged stool, where each uh, leg represented um, one of the the great callings that we have received as Christians. And, And one is a great commission, the great commandment, and then the cultural mandate. Um, So, also very deeply, deeply personal story. Um, And we have another one uh, that's YRAM to mainstream work with Tim Engelmann. Uh, Tim is in Germany and he's been traveling from from city to city, meeting up with YRAM alumni, uh, mainstream YRAMers. uh, And uh, also introducing the idea of meeting up in a uh, in networks like faith and work type networks. Um, so he has so much good experience from there. I really encourage you to use some of these materials in your yeah in your staff meetings as well. But today's topic that is life and work and building entrepreneurial capacity. We can also say apostolic capacity really. Um, as al- always um, we are welcoming you to comment um, and question, uh, and we will try and bring them in just, um, just as we go. So in the studio, we have Herman Holland. He's an author, uh, here we have, coming in from Tönsberg. I think you are there right now, is that correct?
0: That's in correct.
1: Norge. Yeah. Uh, you're married to Lynn and uh, who did her thesis, I believe, and three years staffing in Xi'an. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, you, I know, have been also shaped, you would say, and vision through, through Wybham. And then you've been spending 10 years pioneering together, you know, um, Skaberkraft. Uh, with type of leadership training and, and followers of Jesus to engage in all spheres of society uh, in Europe. But um, we're gonna hear much more about that.
0: So, Luan. Yes, I'm yes, a, so <laughs> a bit interested because I don't know you so well, Herman. But well, Tobias said here that you've been shaped by YWAM. I think that's, that's something I haven't heard too many times someone <laughs> explaining someone. of us. So, what does that mean? Tell us a bit more like what's your relationship or your relation to YWAM and what does that look like? so
2: it started uh, i know your wife is canadian so it started in canada for me when i was 12 uh, where i picked up my accent we had a summer in uh, uh cambridge ontario where my parents uh, did their crossroads dts and that of course blew my mind from being i mean people didn't travel the world when i was 12 back in 87 it was rare so for us five boys to fly over to canada for a summer was amazing and, and uh it globalized me pretty fast and then got my parents uh, going so we sold our house a year later and, and spent a year in australia and um, hawaii and kona uh doing counseling schools and uh, we kids did the ym uh, schools for kids so so we that was like mind-blowing uh, knowing god personally hearing god's voice worship i remember <laughs> I, we came from a, a nice evangelical church um, before the charismatic waves. And, and to see all these crazy people lifting their hands and dancing and shouting, it was, uh, <laughs> so that was early shaping. And then I did my DTS um, in Virginia when I was 19 with uh, my outreach. And that was compulsory in our family and um, our outreach in Israel. Terrible DTS, seven students, two quit. Uh, but we had a week with Lana Cope. Uh on on discipling nations and uh had some amazing leaders so so that got got me going into my adulthood uh, looking for this what is what does it look like if if the principles in the bible that i had experienced and and have experienced are are good for for us as, as individuals and and i've seen uh, it build up uh, especially our continent europe and, and and the western world um what does it look like today if if we're going to bring those Values uh, as building bricks in 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 society, and how can we do it in a post-Christian secular world has really been a passion of mine. So, so YWAM shaped my thinking and didn't give me all the answers though. So that's something to talk about. We had to look elsewhere.
0: That's good. Give us all the answers. Though.
2: That's great. <laughs> we're not quite there, but uh, we're in the process. That's Happy great. to share my thoughts. <laughs>
0: I have I have another question. Also, knowing you. so it, you were described to me as a serial entrepreneur. So all I think about is the dragon's den uh, and about people investing. Could you could you explain a bit what what is it that you do and what is that? What's a serial entrepreneur or a serial apostolic person? I guess.
2: Well, f- uh, I I think I started I started my first business when I was nine. So uh, it's um, I think for for some of us it's just in our DNA and we have to create and I look at my legacy my my forefathers some of them were founders as well and and so I've started several things I've never become really rich so I I'm more like a serious social entrepreneur probably uh with with uh, starting um yeah starting a newspaper when I was a kid I started uh, some initiatives in my teens and then in my 20s uh I started uh, um a uh, business while I was studying uh, a tech business uh, web before before the web really was commercialized, um, and then I, st- I started another web company or a subsidiary for a, a Norwegian startup in Sweden and Gothenburg in your area actually, and then I um, and then I uh, I saw that um, oil Norway was too depending on oil. If, now uh, we're really aware of it, but 15 years ago we we didn't talk much about it. So. I pushed um, pushed uh, um, that into the the discussions on the western parts of Norway, where we had an entrepreneurial conference for the western region of Norway. So, and then the think tank that we'll come back to was my la- longest uh, startup. For uh, I spent ten years building a think tank, and now a new initiative. So, I guess it's just in me that I have to start great <laughs> stuff. <laughs> can't can't quit. Addicted.
0: Yeah. 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 So with that, what what is it? So starting from so young, what, what's the passion? What's the engine or the drive that that just keeps it keeps it going and keeps it coming?
2: Well, I think that innate there's this drive to just create and 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 put the, an idea into reality and see it come alive, which is the inner drive. But then adding to to um, when I when I had this these personal encounters with Jesus in, in my teens. Uh, it was combining those that's that my drive now is 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 to see his kingdom um come into life in, in, in every area of, li- of life because I think I'll, that's a different topic but it's part of it that I burnt my finger in in the church to a, to a degree where where I thought you know God didn't create us to be in a bubble that that's not life so there's got to be there's, it, it has to work outside the bubble as well otherwise I'd rather quit and have fun so
1: <laughs> excellent that's like a sweet music to my ears as well um with, with all the things that you've created I, I kind of want to know you know how old are you <laughs> sounds like a legacy of an 80 year old you know
2: <laughs> okay uh, i'm 40 46 but i had uh the price was two burnouts that's that that's uh, worth talking okay. about too okay. um and yeah, i okay. would uh, um uh yeah, I could, I, it could happen again if I'm not careful. It's, uh, I'm, I'm on overdrive sometimes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's another topic uh, and, a, and a good mm-hmm. one. Um, but you mentioned scaperkraft and I know that that would be very well known, I think, in, in no way. Just please talk to us. I mean, what exactly is it? You stuck with, it, it's, it's your baby, you know, you stuck with it for yeah. 10 years and and maybe build it up, but, but what is it about?
2: So, um, the think tank um, concept was pretty new in Norway and, and to some degree in Scandinavia. Uh, it started, the, the think tank uh, uh, idea came into the, uh, to being in, in America in the 1950s, um, actually in the military, where they realized there was a group thinking, which is a, it's a concept from organiza- organizational. Um, theory that if you're in a, in a certain group like YOM, you can start thinking the same thoughts and circle and you don't have fresh new thoughts. So they realized in order to have uh, other smart heads thinking about military strategy, they had to, to, to build a new group of, of people. Uh, so they built a tank because they had to safeguard it from, uh, from uh, probably Russian spies. But uh, so the think tank came into being and and then uh, that spread around the world to also in in the world of politics, where especially as as the media has become more and more um, tabloid and politicians don't have time and political parties don't have the same time as they used to, to think deep thoughts and to think new policies in, in peace and quiet and then bring it out to their electorate. Um, so this this concept grew into politics, and now there's a number of political think tanks from left to right, and and a number of us with the background of the in the Christian Democratic Party in Norway realized maybe it's a smart idea to uh, to um, to have a Christian think tank um, to to bring out the values from the Bible in a in a relevant, uh, wise, smart way, also not. We saw a lot of people who were lifting up the name of Jesus and God in the public were often on the extremes because that that's fun for the journalists to bring in the extreme voices. But we we realized uh, for especially for the young generation, we need to to bring in voices that they can be proud of and look up to and be yeah be proud of that we are believers, we're Christians, and these guys are are bringing these values into the public domain in in a, in a way that we can be proud of. So that was the Fuel for building scapercraft as a think tank in Norway, and so we decided uh, to to not just go for pushing uh, the abortion debate or 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 talking about marriage, which is often what Christians come across uh, as interested in, as if God is only interested in marriage and only interested in in in, in uh, abortion. Uh, but so we we've had a number of issues that we raised, obviously like. Um, human trafficking that's that's something that young people around the world in europe are, are engaged in as believers that's one topic we touched on child poverty but also entrepreneurship uh, for norway's uh, sake we needed to we need to focus on creating the new jobs after our oil and and as we have the green shift what does that look like we had uh, books on the founding fathers of the eu um so so to sum it up uh, we had a Uh, We launched that book on on the Founding Fathers of the EU together with the European movement, uh, a secular European movement that has been in in Europe since 1948, I think. And and, uh, one of the major editors um, was invited to host uh, or to to, to moderate uh, our launch with... So we had a dinner at the European uh, um, Union's ambassador to Norway, so a few of us. And, And this editor said, so Herman, Scapecraft, you're a Christian think tank, but I can't put you in a box. Well, what are you actually? Mm-hmm. So we, we felt we achieved what we wanted to surprise <laughs> the public, that they couldn't put us in a box. But we had a number of interests. And, and I think that was our desire to, to portray God as bigger and, and broader than the public perceives uh, him to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a long no, answer.
1: No, that's excellent. Um, I think it's fascinating that you as in a week and the weekend, uh, uh, launching a book, you know, on the fathers of EU, uh, in a sense. So uh, so I guess you also celebrated the Europe Day, you know, on Monday.
2: <laughs> yeah, and that book was actually, it's been translated to uh, more than 10 uh, languages. And yesterday that's it was amazing. launched in Polish. So I'll show you the English version in a bit. Beautiful, beautiful.
1: Great. So you had people in from all kinds of walks, I would imagine, in that scapegoat.
2: But we didn't I mean, grow that big. So, I mean, we had four or five employees full time uh, yeah. because we didn't have the rich uh, uncles as in America, but we had, um, finally, we found a thousand individuals sponsoring us. So it took took 10 years to build that, but but um, we had some impact, yeah.
1: Fantastic. And now you're onto something new.
2: Indeed. Uh, so the only reason I left Capercraft, uh was that we realized um as a founder uh, sometimes you stick with it for life but in this case i was i was constantly drawn back to to fix and, and be part of of solving things in norway and i never got to do what i was really feeling called to to look at the europe and the and the world to one empower young leaders to follow jesus and influence the spheres of society uh, f- i would add for the common good not just for for christian values but for the common good and then, secondly, to to empower um, more uh, young people to to step up and, and and get a voice in in the public area. It, it feels like for as an example on this, um, it, it feels like in a, Nor- a country like Norway, where you have uh, five million people, there it, it's almost like a dinner table. We have somewhere between ten and twenty thousand people who are all uh, constantly engaged in the discussions in the public on what. The future of of norway is and for europe that those numbers will be higher but but i i think sometimes the christians say in america come across as like we want to control this table i don't think that's the Jesus way it's more to serve but what i saw was that there were too few believers around that table that virtual table so i think we can we should have a common strategy not to take over the world but to serve but to step up and that's related to what you called we talked about to other the culture ma- cultural mandate to be part of taking leadership for the for, the, for our societies so uh, in order to do that I had to uh, with my wife uh, we had to start something new so I'll, uh, I'll show the screen uh, 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 briefly and show you um, um, show you maybe it shows um, the the um, New um, concept that we're doing, Cyber Institute, which is ba- basically the same as Coppercroft, um, but in a more agile, lighter version. So, um, so um, that's what we're doing. It's it's uh, it's going to be focusing on empowering young leaders around Europe, predomin- predominantly, to to uh, look at how they lead themselves, lead others, and take initiative in their careers. And in their places of leadership uh, to shape uh, our future for the common good and then secondly to um, to, um, uh, to step up and, and understand how to put their ideas into writing so we created a blog magazine that we hope to build as a, a digital uh, magazine called Ciber magazine um so that's uh, that's uh, what well, we're we're seeing the small beginnings we had 15 participants from nine countries with our second year of our leadership program this year, uh, and we have about an article a week uh, coming out of the Zebra magazine at the moment. So, um, uh, so that's that's super fun.
0: Yeah,
2: and there's a story yes. behind it. So I, if I have now, time for yeah, that story, we have
1: to ask. We have to ask. I mean, with Zebra in Norway. <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> tell us?
2: So uh, the fun thing is. Um, actually it was about half a year before uh my wife and i both understood that we need to leave uh, uh craft to do to, to get into europe so we we had a sense uh, let's let's involve the kids and, and and we just thought you know what we what if we start something with the kids to teach them to be more entrepreneurial so we we set them around the table for dinner and said why don't we do this and they said sure great uh, and one kid wanted to uh, to, to sell pancakes and one wanted to sell uh, juice and stuff. And great, but that will change over the years. And, and then we had a prayer together saying, God, would you give us an idea of what to call ourselves? And, and then our five-year-old at that time, Jacob, uh, he said uh, after a few, um, like a few seconds almost, uh, we, should, we, should, we should call ourselves Seb which is French for zebra, uh, because he has this book that has been starting to practice French and he loves zebras so um so um that's what he uh, he thought so i think um we thought that sounds cool and then we thought about a, a website and we took away the e and, and it became zebra because it looked cooler um but then two days later uh a friend of mine that i had gone to bible school with in south africa he had started to, he moved to norway and he started to paint animals so we saw this beautiful painting that he created a huge painting with a with a mother zebra and a, a child zebra that he said whoever buys this will can buy it for half price it was quite expensive so yeah that was good we bought that and then thirdly we realized hmm, i had read a story in a norwegian newspaper a year ago uh, about zebra startups and then i realized i googled it and there, there are quite a lot about it because there is a movement in the, in the startup world where you talk about new businesses everyone is frantically building unicorns where it's all about becoming worth $1 billion as fast as possible. And those countries with the most unicorns do best in the startup world. So, uh, which is good. I mean, it, to some degree, it's good. But when you grow that fast, it's, you sometimes lose your, lose your values. So this zebra startup movement is about um, caring for the flock. That's what zebras do. And you have two colors, black and white. So the idea is to be profitable. But the other idea is to have a mission for good. So, as we uh, have, um, as we're communicating with the secular world, Ciber then works really well into this picture. That that's exactly what we're looking to build: entrepreneurial young leaders, thinking like an entrepreneur in all ser- fields of society, working for the common good, and we add Jesus in the mix. There you go. So I think my five-year-old heard um, heard from the Lord. That was very encouraging.
1: That's amazing. That so is. So you just started, is that a year ago?
2: A year ago, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: So can I ask that? Just mentioning about uh, young people and wanting to see young people be more entrepreneurial. Um, do I pronounce the word right? I should have pronounced yeah, yeah. the word, Entrepreneur. Before, um, but, but just uh, maybe it's a little bit of a side question to this, but just what, what is it that you see that continuously needs to be encouraged for young entrepreneurs or to pull that out for young people to be entrepreneurial? Does that make sense? Like, yeah. What do you see the need is or maybe what is it that hinders young people from stepping out in that or seeing that? Any reflections on that?
2: Yeah, I think, I think it's, it has to do with our culture partly. Uh, obviously, on, a, on a, a micro level, it depends what family you're from. Uh, so, for example, looking at America again, I think the culture in America is more entrepreneurial there's more, uh, there's a more more incentive, a stronger incentive from childhood to be more creative, daring and speak out and and take initiative. Uh, But you can have families that don't encourage that in America as much as in Europe. But I talked to uh, an official in the uh, GG enterprise, which is like the department of enterprise or business in the European union. Uh, It was uh, 10 years ago, but he, I think his, his uh, um, uh, analysis of the situation in Europe was quite accurate. He said, for generations, we've been training Europeans to uh, apply for jobs in the public sector or in the big corporations. That's kind of a safety net. So I think in in looking now then, uh, early 2000, uh, 40, of, uh, four zero, 40 of the biggest 100 companies in the world were European. Now that number is down to 18. So uh, we're, we're kind of losing Attraction compared to China and and America on 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 the business level But it says something about our culture that we need to somehow uh, Encourage uh, and and empower uh, Young people and and what's fun. My wife is dreaming about doing something for kids I think we need to start with the kids even but uh, at least for us now we can start with the young adults from from age 21 to 26 and 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 try to to kind of uh, dig forth that creativity again, and the courage. I think those two, Uh, most people can be more entrepreneurial. Not everyone can be a serial entrepreneur and take initiative, but I think everyone can be more creative and be more uh, courageous to take initiative. And that's what we kind of mean by being entrepreneurial in, in, in that sense.
0: With the risk of oversimplifying an issue, which, but for the sake of discussion or conversation, it, could you identify what do you think it is in European culture? Or, I mean, that's very broad, but that has changed that caused that to be a little bit less?
2: Well, I mean, obviously in Eastern Europe, communism didn't do any good. Uh, but in, in Western Europe, um, well, I think there, there's a backside to the welfare state that has been built since the, since the Second War, World War. The good thing is that it actually uh, creates a safety net around us and, and uh, which is, most of the time, it's good. But it has probably uh, put us in, in um, like, uh, uh, in Denmark, you yeah, have the Young Till Law, uh, where you shouldn't stick yeah, your head it's off. Sweden. it's Sweden, too, and Norway, and I think most of Europe. Uh, I think we, we, we need to work against that and, and have a new wave of creativity. Like, Nor- Europe was built on creativity and, and innovation. Uh, but we somehow lost our edge and we, we need to reconnect with it. Uh, and that's not going to be done in, uh, you know, in, in, as wirewormers. we think short-term, you know, short-term mission, short-term. Now, it's going to take decades, but we need to start somewhere. And, and it's, uh, I didn't bring that, but I, I wrote two books on the startup scenes in Europe and Israel, Startup Europe and Startup Israel, um, back in 2016 and 17. And, uh, and um there, there's a lot of good things happening around the capitals of Europe in the uh, startup scene, is called, uh, the ecosystems for entrepreneurial, um, especially tech businesses. Um, so the answer for, for, for that is to, to be part of that, um, that, that cultural change that they're pushing through. And, and I, that, that was one thing that I observed traveling in Europe at that point in 2016. That I didn't find a lot of believers there either, uh, in, in those environments where they start new businesses in the hubs and the co-working spaces. So uh, if I'm going to tease our Huawei friends, it's it's wonderful that we're starting to learn uh, how to be baristas and start coffee bars, but it's it's not enough. We need to step up and take it one step further, mm-hmm. and be part of the tech scenes and in the uh, hubs and the co-working spaces around Europe.
0: Yeah, that's very good.
1: Great. So so how do you think? How can we build? yeah, within churches as well, within wyvern like increase increase our capacity for inter, entrepreneurial, you know, startups and inter apostolic, you can say, that goes together, you know, increase the capacity for more more apostolic
2: initiatives. Well, I think uh, one of our, in, in, uh, in the business world, we talk about, uh, for example, the, the SWOT analysis, our strengths and weaknesses and opportunities and threats. And, and the strength that YWAM has, it, it, can, it can sometimes be weak, a weakness where we just start things and we don't think oh, how we're we gonna structure this and, and see it through. But the strong side of it, it, it I would say uh, YWAM is quite entrepreneurial at heart. So what might be lacking is, is to add um, add knowledge and, and capacity and capabilities from other, uh, increasing our understanding that no- knowledge and, and, uh, and education and knowledge found elsewhere than in, in our Bible-focused uh, sphere is, in, is a, an important f- asset to add to our entrepreneurial love for Jesus. So that that's one thing. And then if we, if we do, uh, as we're talking about uh, in this process, um, see how we can uh, in, introduce this concept of faith and work and see that following Jesus as disciples is not related only to 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 being a, a full-time wiromer or full-time missionary but bringing that DNA of following Jesus wholeheartedly into all the areas of life uh, I think we can we can uh, we can uh, we can see uh, more okay let's put it that way it's wonderful to see these coffee bars popping out of why people but but I think we could see more tech businesses and more other types of businesses and more YWAM politicians and more YWAM professors not calling themselves YWAMers, but calling themselves followers of Jesus out there, but connected to YWAM, um, really influencing society in the years to come.
0: Yeah. So without being, what do you say? Um, what, what would you, if, if there's anything having some relation with YWAM, what can we do differently or how do we inspire for that or encourage that is there anything if you're going to be real blunt is there anything that you're like wow I'm, you're terrible at this and this is why this is why you don't go beyond a coffee bar like this is why we don't go into these spheres, you know
2: yeah sure but but uh, but at the same time we didn't have the coffee bars 10 years ago so it's a, a st- step in the right direction there's a good movement here uh but to go beyond is to is to to widen our perspective for what it is to 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 build the kingdom I don't even like the term build the kingdom because the kingdom is God is holding this kingdom himself, but to carry the kingdom or to to walk, uh, walk in the kingdom in principles and to live it out. Uh, so I think, um, I think the the, uh, rather than saying there's something wrong with YWAM, I think the, the, the basis is laid. Now let's just build on that, take the next step and, and uh, encourage and empower and, and show examples of what it looks like to be a follower in the different areas and to be uh, in those areas with excellence. So so maybe um, I'm talking around the circle here, but maybe one thing we need to say is that being, and this is a challenge for all believers, I think, and for all, especially charismatic Christians, that the way we portray devotion to the Lord should be broadened so that we just, it, now it seems like if you're a preacher or a worship leader, or a missionary in YWAM, then you are at the top of the pyramid of spirituality. But I think we need to change that perspective and say, if you're the best engineer you could be, or the best nurse you can be, and you do that wholeheartedly for, for the Lord and with the Lord, then that's as spiritual as being on the scene uh, in a church or in a YWAM base. I think that's the switch that we need to make to show that um, that spirituality doesn't look just one uh, in one. Uh, one way. And, and the, the Hebrew word for work, uh, kavod, I think it's kavod, it's the same, or for worship is the same word, the word for work. So that we can switch our mindset. Worship is not just having a, a strong encounter with the Lord, praising him with our singing, but it's doing great work at work. Yeah,
1: that's
0: very good. And I think so it
1: also... I was just going to say, just with that, you. I hear you basically saying we need to change, so we need to increase or broaden our theology, um, theology and thinking, right?
2: and, and our role, and the way we portray it. Although Noirwam has been cutting edge in many ways in the church, we're we're still very much in in, in the spheres concept. We're still. Very much uh, showing forth the, the the church sphere through our Y M activities. Ninety five percent of our activities, or maybe you can add something for caring for the poor, uh, like the the mercy work and 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 uh, building orphanages and stuff. But 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 that's where we are, and we need to just broaden that and and yep. blow up those walls, basically. And that if we're serious about that, that's going to take some bombing <laughs> of walls. <laughs>
0: Yeah. No, because and some think, people
2: might be might be offended as we yeah, tear down yeah. some walls.
0: It's always necessary offense. What is it? I'm uh, not going to go down that route. But I think it, because you said the thing about how we see that worship leader, pastor, that's a higher. and I, th- I think depending on what culture you're in, in YWAM, the culture I grew up in, YWAM, that, that would always be worked against. That we don't want to like we don't want to limit what's spiritual to worship leader and pastor. But my, my thought is also it, it, it continues to happen because we are limited in our expression to church. Events. So we are producing good pastors or worship leaders because that's the limitation of, of our expression. So even if that's not necessarily what we value, I guess you can argue what comes first, what you do or what you believe. But like, how do we shake ourselves or how do we find that way where we do blow up those walls or becomes a bit more edgy? And that's like how... yeah
2: well this is interesting because i think if you look historically christians uh were building hospitals and businesses and and uh, universities so the question is should we copy that um today um, as i look at the the resources of the church and of ywam uh, i mean we have the university of the nation so why not improve that but i'm not sure if it's necessary to to rebuild uh, the best or start new universities to to rebuild the universities of europe but, but I think the starting point would have to be to uh, equip and release our people to get out of the church boat to 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 with a clear mission out in the world but to to build networks so that we keep together yet we are really going for it so uh, I think if we if we look at, uh, at any continent, but if you look at Europe, I'm sure you find thousands of people with a YWAM background working in all directions of life, but they're not connected to one another, they're not connected to YWAM anymore, and and statistics from America at least shows that we're in general losing 60 to 70 percent of kids growing up in Christian families are no longer active in a church fellowship when they're 30 and 40. So... Um, we don't know know exact numbers but but i'm pretty sure then that a huge number of ex rumors are not one living with the lord and secondly are not in fellowship uh, or one of the two so how do we think the next 30 40 50 years how can we turn that around to have a dynamic community for uh, believers and y to stay connected yet being out there with a purpose to have the cultural mandate as one of their motivations and not just be part of the professional professional culture in their sphere without thinking how they can influence it. That's where I'm feeling. A lot of my older or the older generations that are believers have disconnected their YM experience or their church experience from what they do because that's on Sunday and that's how we do it in, in, in the financial sector or, or in, in academia. Well, I think you can connect it, but that's maybe what we can do as YM is if I say we. we is to connect those dots and create the networks.
0: That's great. You're very welcome to say and we, that's really good. So just <laughs> say a bit more, what do, you, what do you think? What What is it then that we could contribute as YWAM? Since we want to be in the spheres, but we have the limitation because I cannot work a business and be a YWAM community, but I still want to have an impact it. So what in your opinion is it that Y1 can contribute to, I don't know, the Christian business community, or YOMs, in business or in entrepreneurship.
2: So I think I think we could think um, uh, strategically about what the DTS and our schools look like. If there's something we could add to the mix to to create those um, those kingdom oriented business people and nurses and, and professors in the future. I don't have all the answers to that, but but it de- would definitely have to look at the curriculum and see if we're actually producing what we want to see produced by our, our, our YWAM initiatives. Uh, so in that way, I think YWAM could be th- seen as the same way as a church, that our role is not to be the best. We can't. We while well, we can't be the Department of Physics, uh, we can't be the Department of Medicine or or Business, but we we can put stuff into our DNA and we can bring in people with, with, the connection, with the combination of faith and various expertise to yeah. teach young people, to give them, give them the stimulus to walk this way. And I think, uh, secondly, we could create the networks and create the fellowship uh, and, and be part of that for the future to make sure that when we send people out in the, into society, they have fellowship with one another uh to have that strength to think differently about what it looks like in the spheres 20 years from now so i would i would say it's a bit of a slow work but it's it's i i would say that starting with the dts looking at okay 95 percent of dts students will not be in missions or pe- be pastors they will go into the real world are we giving them the right content for for that mission or are we giving them a great missions experience with a uh, outreach to cambodia but we're not Giving them anything to work in McKinsey or to work in uh, in, uh, in the academic world afterwards.
1: That's a very good point, and that's been like a conversation I've been a part of for a while as to how, how do you better celebrate um, the vocation and calling of all our DTS students, the graduates, you know, as well as staff that are leaving? Because uh, uh, I think it's um, the statistics show that in general, like the average staff member stays on for one and a half years. Or so so they're also hitting up you know, for, for records. So, so,
2: so in that sense uh, we, can, we need to, to think of how we equip our staff but for those staying on Sorry. staff for 10 or 20 or 30 years for life like pastors in the church w- which some people yeah. are called to which is great. I think that I'm not challenging them to think that they have to be experts in all these different fields but just to increase this understanding of what they're equipping the others to do not just to it's preach true. or evangelize yeah. and pray for the sick, but also to think kingdomly on these. Exactly. So it's, it's, not, it's not either or, it's both. And to increase yeah, rather exactly. than... <laughs> because some pastors, and, and I would say probably then some women leaders will be challenged. Am I not good enough? Haven't, haven't it been good enough what we've done for the last 50 years? No, sure. But let's take it one step further. Let's increase our, our efficiency and fruits. That's
1: very good. We want all, all test students or graduates, you know, to be celebrated and equipped. And, and we've been talking about creating some networks, you know, that we can put, you know, point them toward afterwards so they're not just left, you know. Um, of course, they can go back to the churches, but we want to take them further to think broader. So it's it's brilliant. Now, I want to play the devil's advocate a little bit, or the basically leaders devil's advocate, I don't know because right now um johan he's a base leader one of the base leaders of of a large campus and uh, reality is if you're running a big place a big a big base or campus you need all kinds of people and the more skilled the better so i would imagine that if a a brilliant accountant come in the dcs uh, he would have his ears out and fingers like oh man we need somebody in accounting you know and the, the temptation would be to draw that person in, right? I mean, can you take this conversation further, Johan? You know, there is a real tension there.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. It's a tension. <laughs> I don't know what to add to that other than, yes, of course, it's always you want the people, and, uh, but you also want to release them.
2: I had the same conversation in a, in a session with some Christian uh, leaders in in, um, in Berlin a couple of years ago, um, and, a, and a top leader of Hillsong in Europe said the same. You know, I'm sending sometimes when I send the best young lead types to politics or business, I, I don't see them again. But I honestly think there there has to be a balance. I mean, and this is then uh, in one way it's resource management that we have to figure out uh what how uh how much resources do we need to run our our basic church or ywam structures how how excellent or how strong should they be compared to sending the best people out in the world and there could be a mix of course i think i think you know if if you look at my wife for example she said she would never have been uh as rooted Uh, she came from a nominal believing family and and really had an encounter with jesus when she, she came to dts and she was super happy that she spent three years on staff before, before she left. So I think you could, you could, you could pick up that, that, research, that accountant. But what I see a number of times is that, and here's a very concrete example, especially students coming to big cities, they are engaged in church and they're talented. So the pastors uh, recruit them for different ministries. But then the missing link is when they draw near to their end of their studies, their master's is about to finish and they're about to enter working life. A lot of these people feel the tension between keeping up that pace in church and entering a new faith. I think we can be smarter at helping the individual finding out their seasonal calling. So it, you can be part of building the structure in YWAM for a few years. And then we need to figure are you called to this for long term? Or do we need to release you and trust the Lord to send us a new accountant? Which is the hard, you know, I, I, I totally understand but uh, if we're going to have impact in society, we, we, make, we need to make sure that we don't burn out people keeping them three years too long and they burn out and lose their faith and there are no good afterwards. Yeah,
0: that's very good. I mean, it, I sounds, it sounds like as, as simple as you just need to keep on having vision, otherwise you perish. It's kind of right. And giving them vision and, and letting them uh, move on. And obviously, you Excellent. never want to carry someone longer than, than you need to here either. In that
2: sense no and then there's a whole discussion about 10 uh, i think uh, i think even for people working full-time in ministry their most of their life uh, it might be good to have a few years to to get other types of input and be in the real world and then come back on staff so we if, if we can better coach people in and out i think honestly it will bring people back to want to be part of a community that that is caring for them and not just the needs of the base or the church
1: now you use the word "coach" there just to latch onto that because I know that part of what you're doing and what you did also with scabercraft, but what you what you want to be doing is to to disciple some key young leaders uh, in different yeah. space of societies. what is it that you do with them what what well, you, what is it you invite them into
2: <laughs> so uh for ten years now we've had a leadership program where we invited young, talented leaders from uh, from uh, between the age of 21 to 26 from all around Norway. And it became a thing where, where talented young people who who many times didn't feel like they were equipped in church to do this uh, found a space where we we talked about how to lead yourself, lead others, lead in society, and and be focused on, on the principles of Jesus in doing so. These people are talented and will reach far in any case. But well, we saw that they did not get the connection to their faith in a good way in their churches. And I hope this spills back to the church. And I think it does more and more, but, but, but it allows them to meet equally talented with faith on, on a national level. So now we're doing the same thing in Europe. And, uh, and uh, with, with our new institute, we will have more time to, to go a bit deeper with them and, and uh, maybe even grow this from, from what it is today with four weekends and some small groups and mentoring uh, throughout the year to what well, we're looking at it could go into a year program with internships and and uh, I know there's a, 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 there's a YM base in Finland that is thinking along the same lines. so who knows if we can collaborate, we're in touch and we'll see. The point is to, to pick up those talents and and help them connect the dots and connect them to, the, to to peers that are thinking the same way. So rather than this is maybe a lesson for YM rather than just saying, uh, great, you've done uh, the program, bye-bye, good luck. We're building brick by brick to, to create the community of friends around, around them. We're calling them back to gatherings and events so that they get to know the next year cohort. And, and uh, the dream is uh, to see 100, 200, 300 uh, young leaders stepping into various positions and that they can support each other in keeping their faith and, and uh, the kingdom thinking as they enter into positions. So um, it's not up to us to decide whether we'll see a prime minister or, uh, or the new corporate leader of, uh, of uh, a big oil company or uh, not oil anymore, a uh, windmill company. But, but we at least lay the foundation that It's possible to, to step in and keep their, their faith in, in, in the process.
1: Excellent.
2: So uh, I, I mean, if it,
1: in, in, in cases uh, any any of our viewers, if you have questions or comments, then please please type them up, and we will try and incorporate them.
2: And in the meantime, also, if we were at the moment we're recruiting for next year, and we only have space for fifteen. We don't want to have too many. And, and these guys can be like this year. We had. We had a Danish young politician who used to lead a party, uh, youth party, and now he's in, in, a, in the business world. We had a PhD student from Lisbon, and we had a nurse who's starting a social entrepreneurial entity in, in Belgium. So it's, that leader um, skill doesn't have to be from a business school, it can be from all spheres. So if, if anyone listening, if you know of a talent, uh, so, uh, that you could think wow that that person sticks out so he he would be or she would be good to connect with other like-minded people maybe you could um go to sieberinstitut.com and, and check out our school of entrepreneurial leadership and send us a message uh to to connect with them we'd love to to hear um and get in touch as we're recruiting for for next year Very
1: good Excellent. Oh can't see who is writing here but see the one one is saying so good <laughs> that's awesome um i know that you're living in norway but you're heading to brussels like um so you can be well, exercise here anybody have a flat in brussels you know
2: <laughs> yeah we're, it's 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 funny it's i've been flying back and forth to brussels for 20 years and and or 15 and I'm passionate about it. It's it's a hub for Europe. It's where you find a lot of young political uh, nerds and leaders, uh, and and it's probably the most European city uh, with uh, in many ways. But uh, we we have not seen this, this opening of things. We're we're hitting the wall. So we're not, right now we're praying. Do we need to take another few years in Norway before we're moving out? Do we? do we uh do we need to uh, is god preparing a different place where there are more europeans than in the the tiny town of transporing Norway? uh so we're open for God's surprises but um uh, i have to admit a a flaw Uh, it's easy for me to to run ahead of the lord so i am constantly trying to learn to you know let him show off here and not not me so um maybe he's up to something but I think our heart is to be in Europe somewhere when, when, when we're ready for it. And, and in any case, we'll continue to work towards Europe and everything we do uh, from here till, till things open up.
0: Excellent. You sound like a true apostle. Um, a, <laughs> a little bit ahead of God, like, just, just wanting it to happen. I've oh. never met any YWAM ever before, I swear. Okay.
2: <laughs> they might YWAM DNA again. So anyone, uh, send a prayer tonight before you go to, to, to bed. This is uh, my biggest problem. Trust the Lord and wait. Yes.
1: So would you call yourself a Wyomer?
2: Absolutely. If Absolutely. you asked me five years five years ago, um yeah. maybe uh, more uh, more uh, a little bit of a more uh unsure Wyomer, uh, because I felt like uh, with some friends, uh we were hitting on this topic and we didn't have any feedback. We felt the, the leaders uh, you know, Lauren Cunningham was preaching about the spheres, but nothing happened in reality. So, um, when, uh, when uh, some YRAM leaders uh, over the last few years have uh, gotten to us and said, you know, can you please help us? We realized you guys had a point. <laughs> it's easier to feel more involved. And I think maybe that v- puts a voice to a lot of people out there that probably would have loved to be part of some kind of YRAM entity, but they, are, they can't. I can't walk around saying, I'm YRAM. As I'm sitting here in this co-working space, uh, with uh, being a part-time consultant and part-time building Zebra Institute, Zebra Institute fits much better. But uh, but uh, but I can be part of the YWAM uh, tribe and be part of uh, fellowship. So so uh, having that network and being part of YWAM makes me feel like a YWAMer, and, and I would say I am a YWAMer right now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Not that you have to be. You know, but you're, you're playing with. Um, even the term uh, potentially a mainstream environment, you know, somebody working partly outside, you know, so mainstream one. Yeah. yeah. By the way, we see that it's europe that sent you the, ah. the, the arm and the heart online. So thank you, europe I know he's tracking with you as well. Yes. Yeah. So what advice do you have for us then right now as wireman leaders in Europe, you know, to take this next step and to create a to create uh, new tracks, uh, we can say, or new roads, pathways um, for why in Europe?
2: I think, um, in one sense, it's a continuation because, as we said, my, from my perspective, YRAM has been entrepreneurial from its outset. Uh, this landscape. I mean, Martin Luther talked about it. Calvin talked about it. Uh, Abraham Kuyper talked about it. So it's not a new thing. We're not reinvent- We're not inventing something that is a new thing. But I think in the evangelical world, um, we're reinventing or re-experiencing re- um, uh, or re, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're reopening it. And in that respect, it's a, it's a new path that we need to, to, to trail. So um, to, then, that that gives YWAM leaders uh, an opportunity to you have a DNA for being pioneers and finding those new trails. Uh, but it, but it, uh, when I did research uh, for a book that we will talk about afterwards, probably I found that the what's called the theology of work uh, and the concept is there's been awakening in many circles in the Christian world on faith and work. But m- most of the guys I talked to um, said but there aren't too many examples of what this looked like in the modern times in practical terms. So that's where I think the trail could start with involving people who are God-minded, kingdom-minded in the real world, getting them together and to think, okay, how do we equip the next generation to be better at this than we were? Uh, So um, it's like building a new class, building a new school concept. It's just drawing in those experts And then putting in the discipleship DNA that YM is already good at. And then out comes a new type of pioneer, I think, that we don't exactly know what will look like, but we don't have to control it. But um, mixing discipleship with experienced leaders from society will produce some outcome that will maybe guide the way.
1: Yeah, thank you. Of course, you will have to, in in some kind of a way, find out how to both be a movement and organization. That there's some some structure, even though we're a very flat structure. There's some structure and leaders all over Europe, as that's the field we're looking at. You will have to, to, to lead in another way and lead with people out here as well. You know. Um,
2: uh, you know it brings me back to a conversation we're having a learning fellowship with uh, eight Christian leaders in different denominations in Norway as a pilot to see how this faith and work thinking can, can be taken into denominations in Norway and what we discussed was do we need do we need a revolution do we need uh, uh integration of this or do we need just uh to add small bits of it and i think the, the verdict was probably in the middle that we need to really integrate it into the culture. And I, I think I, I like uh, what John Mark Comer writes in, in, in the book Garden City, because he says we have a dual calling, one to, to uh, make disciples, but the second one is to the cultural mandate. And I think because we've lost that, we, we really need to, to mess up the curriculum because we only train for the one and forgot the other. So there has to be a rebalancing um, of, of our curriculum uh, and theology and our cultural expression, I think. And that will take some time, but I, it might mean rougher uh, priority, priority, uh, priorities on, on the input we give when we have a young person for nine months or six months or three months, what will he get? Uh, that could be a little bit uh, disruptive
1: it's, it's actually what we built the entire test curriculum on, you know, as we have reframed it to the story of God. So that is a much bigger, but, but it needs to be fully embraced, I think, because it's actually what we're teaching. Uh, Fantastic. But probably yeah. um, the penny still needs to drop some places, I think. <laughs> uh, you mentioned uh, The Garden City, and that's actually the book that we're highlighting this month. So, so there will also be like um, a book uh, recommendation later on this month. So
2: yeah, thank you. Brilliant.
0: So talking about books and uh, good leaders are good readers, and it 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 in reading books inspires us and challenges us and all the other things in between and above and beyond. What are some books that maybe you've been you've been reading lately or reading right now that you would uh, could recommend to us to challenge us and to inspire well, us?
2: Well, I think. Uh, um... I, I'm tempted to to list up a whole thing because uh, there are so many good books. But but um, uh, as my book, which was in the process, we'll talk about that maybe afterwards. Uh, maybe the, a lot of the books that I would recommend will be be um, be recommended in that book. But but if I was going to choose just uh, maybe three books, two on these. Uh, this is, uh, is on the Garden City, as mentioned, is definitely a read. That talks more. I feel like it speaks more into the individual's own journey related to faith and work. And then there's Tim Keller's uh, Every Good Endeavor, which gives a more theological overarching, but not a hard read. It's still a pretty easy read, but it's it's a wonderful holistic look at the kingdom message and and the the, the message of of what the Bible talks about uh, related to our working life. So that that's hugely inspiring. And then I would add maybe a third book on our personal journeys, which. <laughs> which from for for the type that i am easily burning out and working too hard uh is john mark comer again the ruthless elimination of hurry which probably many have run into uh i think it's probably been the most um impacting impactful book that i've read over the last 10 years and i i feel like i need to chew on it and chew it and and chew it and, and build in new rhythms so um, I can't say I'm, I'm, I'm uh, professional yet, but one thing that has changed is that I used to run into all my uh, calendar events, and, and now I'm giving more space, and I'm, I'm then I can run from time to time if, if I made a mistake, but I don't have to plan for running anymore. I can walk.
0: <laughs> That's very good. It's the book for twenty twenty one here. I think every almost everyone on our campus uh, read. Fantastic,
2: the fantastic. Last year. So
0: very good. Um, so with that, running too fast, making some mistakes as a leader—that's the question we ask everyone. What would be maybe one one mistake you made, and what you learned from that?
2: Um, I think um, when I when I wrote Startup Europe, looking at entrepreneurs around Europe, we all the different uh, uh, successful entrepreneurs I talked to said, "Build the right team, build the right team, and build the right team." That's the number one advice. When we started Escapecraft, I feel uh, that our team was not strong enough to build as fast and and wide as we did which was partly why i, I hit the wall and had a burnout so um as we build CBR this time around uh i'm praying for more people to get involved and, and i'm trying to not scale faster than we have the capacity for at this 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 round uh so that's all actually an invitation if if there are people on the one basis around europe uh, listening to and, and that they wouldn't like to be part of uh my my kind of deal with andreas norley is to to use zebra as a pilot uh testing ground uh so we're 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 in yvm but we're we're outside at the same time so if anyone wants to be part of the journey to make this pilot work um please send us a message and be part of the team and um and then uh, I can't scale before I'm looking, especially for a Caleb, the person that would be like-minded, who would would, uh, would uh, feel like building a, a kind of a think tank, but we, we by calling it an institute, we're a little bit lighter than, than a think tank. We don't have to produce uh, that much content every week. We can be a bit slower. So, um, so um, building the right team is probably what I didn't do right, and I need to learn to do better this time around.
0: There are no like perfect. no well-rounded team p- people. Only well-rounded teams, as I
2: learned in my screen finders. In my, ch- I think. I mean, I know this is a challenge on YWAM basis too. But I think if being a, um, in this cutting-edge space between society, politics, business, and, and the church and YWAM, there aren't as we're piloting this, there aren't too many people who are used to being in that space. So. It might be harder for us to find the, the right team, but uh, but I think they're out there. Maybe you're listening to right now. So send me an email.
1: <laughs> oh, that's excellent. You're you're free to fish here. We um, have Great. to. Do, we do want to hear about your book that you're that you're in the process of writing.
2: So this uh, this done came out in in uh, as a Norwegian book in uh, 2019, where the Pentecostal movement they had their annual. Um, their annual uh, leadership conference for 1500 leaders. And they said, you know, we realize we've been too marginalized um, in society. We need to look at the role of the church in society. What what could I look like? Would you write the conference book this year? So uh, that turned out to a great journey where where we looked at the role models of of engagement with society at large with the and And then we discovered the the theology of work and and the processes that was going on in different circles around the, the Christian world. And then uh, in part two, because the Pentecost movement in Norway was also inspired by Lauren Cunningham, we invited co-writers from the different spheres to tell their journey and their story on how they tried to follow Jesus in different spheres. So um, uh, I was then uh, challenged by uh, by some of the leaders in WRM Europe to 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 translate the first part, and then we have we're, we're, we have invited seven writers from the different spheres around europe to 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 make this a european edition in english so it will i just i'm just receiving uh those some of those contributions and they're super exciting reads from from italy and from uh from sweden and from england um so for so it's 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 actually going to be although it's uh, about the same book it will be uh, in english in a european wrap up and and i'm super excited to to, to uh, share that uh, with YWAM as, as it's going to be a YWAM book then, but also written for the rest of the church in Europe. So it's due to be launched. Hopefully we get it done by September. Um, so it will be, uh, I'm not pretending for it to be like the, the Bible on faith and work, but I think it's a good introduction to the topic and, and how to think more holistically and broader. Uh, so I hope it will be, or I, I'm pretty sure it will be an inspiration too to many of you as you get it in in the months to come.
1: Wonderful. Excellent. Thank you so much, And This has been a very exciting talk and um, just uh, loved hearing more of what what you're doing. Um, So thank you for taking this time. Um, We will uh, save this talk so people, they can go and uh, go to to the website, the ELC website and and watch it later as well. So thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. uh, Of course, absolutely. And thank you, Martin, behind the scenes, the tech guy. I think it's your last leadership lounge in this round, at least. So thank you. And uh, hope to see you next month. Next month, the topic is dynamic communication. Uh, So spread the word and use the resources. Mm Bye-bye.
0: Bye. Bye.